Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Yakov Smirnov immigrated to the United States. He was asked what he loved most about America. His answer, American grocery stores. I walked down an aisle and I saw powdered milk. Just add water and you get milk. Right next to it was powdered orange juice. Just add water and you get orange juice. And then I turned the corner and it said baby powder. And I thought to myself, what a country. It is instant everything. We live in a culture that aims for 15 minutes of fame over 50 years of faithfulness. We want things, and we want it quick, and we want it now, our way right away. We want a quick fix. But the reality of life will show us that all of life is a journey. And it is not so instant at that. We all have mountains and valleys. And so the real question will be today, to you, to me, who do you want to become in the middle of the valley? This is not something we like to talk about, the hard things, the hard parts of our story. But who do you want to be? Jesus tells us in John 16, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Life is actually not complicated. It will be full of joy and sorrow. There will be trouble. And this is the difficult part because we don't often know what to do with our heart when we are in pain, suffering, or even personal failure. When we know we have failed. We often think as Christians, I should be doing this better. Why am I here? Is there something I could do differently? Failure will be a part of the journey. So as we talk, we want to identify what do I believe about my personal failures? Because Jesus says to us in the middle of the trials and the tribulations, he says, take heart. Everyone loves the mountaintops. It feels great. You're having a great time. It's usually a really positive experience that you're having. You feel joy. You feel happy. There's success at the mountaintop. But where are you at with those seasons where there's been pain and failure? What about the valley for you? The valley can be dark, and oftentimes we can feel like we get lost in the valley. We can feel like this is never going to end I know some of you are in a season that has been so long, so hard. And it's here, often in that dark place, in that valley, that we create what the Bible tells us is a stronghold. A stronghold means it's a fortified place of security. It's a place of survival and refuge. It's where you're going to go. When you don't feel safe, you go to your stronghold. So what is your stronghold? 
Well, the Bible tells us pretty clearly we need to identify those strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5. For though we live in the body, we do not wage war in an unspiritual way. Since the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but they are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. The demolition of strongholds. He's saying there are some strongholds that you got to destroy. Some things in your life that you have turned to when you were in the valley of the shadow of death, and they've got to come down. That's what this scripture is saying. We must demolish arguments in every high-minded thing, every imagination you've created in that valley that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we must take every thought captive to obey Christ. The truth is this. In the valley of pain and failure, we often create a story that we feel is true. If you've been a part of our church for long, you've heard me say, your experiences are real, your feelings are real, but they're not always telling you the truth, okay? I do not diminish emotions or feelings. They're so valid. They're from God, but they don't always tell you the truth. And when you are in the valley, ask me this, do you feel afraid? Anybody feel afraid when you're in the dark in the valley? I mean, we've got four honest people, so that's good. But usually when we're in the valley, it doesn't feel good. It feels very hard. The powerful thing is understanding that when you walk into that valley, the first time, let's go back a little bit into your youth, the first time you ever felt pain, you ever felt what that valley is telling you, your body and your brain told you, oh, I'm not safe here. Probably because you weren't. You were abused. You were rejected. You were unloved. And that valley was so painful. And so you learn to self-protect, and you learn to find a way through the pain. You created a stronghold, and you told yourself a story. You told yourself a story about yourself. I'm unworthy of love. Nobody's here for me. You told stories about others. Men cannot be trusted. You told yourself stories about God. He is distant and far, and he hates me because I'm here. You, you tell your story yourself. And so really what happens is when you face a story in your adulthood, it didn't happen in your adulthood. It happened in your childhood first. And it's replaying history. That valley is there saying, look, here we go again. Do you know that our brains are not fully formed until we're 26 years old? Wow, there's hope for all our children. <laughs> and there's still hope for you, so keep listening. But the truth is, so much of what we go through from zero to 26 is painful. It's hard. We don't feel loved. We don't feel seen. We don't feel valued. And maybe there were some really dark places those valleys shape our mindsets. 
They shape what we're going to believe. So we must become aware that when we face our valleys today and we have not yet been healed, they're often telling us the story of yesterday. They're not telling you the truth of today. They're telling you the feeling, the experience, what you went through when you were five, when you were 10, when you were 20. And it feels so normal the way that you decided to live. It feels so normal to say, no, I don't need people. No, I'm not going to trust. I'm going to turn to this thing to comfort me, to feel safe, to feel loved. It's been our way. It's been our own responses. It's been our thoughts. It's been our feelings. And it's so normal to us. But God has a different word. He says, I want to be your stronghold when you walk through the valleys. When you go through things you never wanted to go through, I want to be your stronghold. Psalm 27, for the sake of this message for us today, is going to be our anchor. Psalm 27, if you don't have it memorized, that's your assignment. Psalm 27, 1 and 3 says, The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of who shall I be afraid? Though an army deploys against me, my heart is not afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, still I am confident. So the Lord seems to be saying that we can be confident and unafraid in the valley, in the middle of a war, in the middle of the story you never saw coming, things you never imagined would happen to you. So are we unafraid? Are you, am I, are we confident when we head around that turn and we find ourselves dipping down into a valley? It's dark. It's not what we had hoped. There's some questions we want to ask ourselves. You'd be good to write these down. (laughs) The first question we ask ourselves when we're in a valley, very simple. What is the story I am telling myself here. Is it 100% true? All the time, unequivocally true. Is this story telling the truth of me, of others, and of God? The story I'm telling. You know, I met with some friends the other day, and we were telling the truth. Every single one of us said, I feel alone. And it's true. We have felt very alone. But if that's the story we're going to tell when we're in our hardest seasons, we're going to miss the gift of the valley. You do feel alone in a valley. But I promise you, you are not the only one. And when you tell the truth with others, you start to see that. The second question we'll ask ourselves is, is the story I'm telling myself working for me? 
This is my favorite question. Okay, that's what you're doing, great. How's that working? Like, come on. If it's not working, you are powerful. Nobody makes you think anything. Nobody makes you do anything in our country so far. You are powerful in your life, but yet we ascribe to the fact that, oh, there's nothing I can do. Well, no, if the story you're telling isn't giving you what you want, change the story. Tell a different story. Do something different up here. The number one way that the enemy comes at us is with the lie that I am alone because that is the orphaned spirit he wants you all to believe. Nobody's coming from you for you. Nobody's going to help you. Nobody understands you. You're alone. And guess what the valley always makes us feel? <laughs> I'm alone. Here I am. It's just me walking through the dark. We're going to change that. The third question What has this valley come to teach me? I don't like it any more than you do. Hard things. I mean, I much prefer easy, comfortable, happy days. But that's not life. We don't know what tomorrow will hold. Me, nor you, we must get very comfortable that our life ahead of us is unknown to us. It is completely uncertain. You can try all you want to control it. But God is going to bring to you a valley, a place you never saw coming, because he wants to teach you something. So the question we ask is, when there's trials, when there's troubles, when I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death, will I let God teach me here? Will I be curious with why I'm here? I wonder what I'm to learn about God, about myself, about others. Will I be teachable when the Holy Spirit comes and says, I have something more for you. I want to teach you this. And I've been around a few hard stories in my life. And it's painful. It breaks my heart. But God says, no, I want to be with you. And I want you to address your heart. He says, there's going to be trials, but take heart. What does this mean to take heart? It leads us to ask questions, to be curious with ourselves and what we're doing in this journey of life that is meant to shape us into becoming someone. We're all becoming we all have valleys, we all have mountaintops, and we're all becoming someone in the middle of it. So I've come up with six questions that we need to, need to ask. Question one, in that valley, do I have unresolved grief? We've lost so many things. People have lost loved ones, dreams. And sometimes when you head into a valley, if you have not resolved the previous losses, it feels like you're carrying not a backpack, but a 
hundred backpacks down that valley. So heavy to your soul. Ask the Lord, do I have anything in my life that caused me loss that I have tried to bury and just move on? The second question, do I have hidden wounds? The valley tends to show the wounds because as you're walking, all of a sudden you're like, gosh, I feel like I have a limp. My shoulder is starting to hurt. All the things show up when you're walking in the valley. And some of that is just hidden wounds that you have let go unhealed. Jesus in his kindness says, let me touch you in the valley. Let me heal your wounds in the valley. The third question, do I have unprocessed pain? What are the things that have caused you the most pain in your life? The most hurt, the deepest losses, the deepest uh, things of the soul. Have you processed that with the Lord? Number four, do you believe that God is who he says he is? When you open up the word and you read, he is healer. He is hope. He is redeemer. He is father. He is my protector, my provider, my beloved. Do you believe him? Do you believe God? The fifth question, do I believe that I am who God says I am? That I am holy, blameless, set apart, chosen, loved, called, beautiful, delighted in. Do you believe that? I work with a lot of people who do not believe that. And the valleys are going to keep coming because God wants you to believe him that you are who I say you are. You're powerful. You're mighty. You're loved. And you're safe here. God wants us to know this. And the last question is, do you have hope for your future? Do you have a purpose for your life? Do you know why God has called you to walk this earth? You're going to learn in the valley. The valley is going to bring forth your destiny. Just to be clear, I don't think that the Lord brings the valleys. I, I don't think that the Lord's like, let me give Jeff a valley. That'll be fun. I think Jeff lives in a fallen world and people do things and sometimes we, as humans, do things, and it creates a valley. Often it's just life. Life is painful, and it's very messy, and we're around a whole lot of messy people, and sometimes we get hurt. And a lot of times we mess up. A lot of times we fail. But remember what Ephesians 6 tells us, that our enemy is never a person, it is always the enemy of our soul, Satan. He wants you to get distracted with all the people. But just remember, God wants our hearts. The promise in the valley is this, that God will never waste a thing. He will not waste your valley. He didn't cause it, he didn't bring it, but he promises, I won't waste it. I won't waste any of it. I'm going to do something great with your suffering, with your pain. Trust me. See this through. 
One of my favorite verses is Genesis 50, 20, because it carries the weight of this truth. But as for you, Joseph is telling his brothers who wanted to kill him when he was young. Now he's there to rescue them. And he says, listen, but you meant it for harm and evil, but God is going to use it for good, for the saving of all of these people. God is in the business of taking what the enemy meant and turning it for good. That's what he does. And you've got to be clear of that in the valley. So often the valleys feel like personal failure. When you're going through a hard time, it's so, it's so easy to just turn inward and think, it's all me. And everybody has stories of failures. For most of you, you've heard me speak before, so you know some of my story. But for some of you who are new, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. I had a difficult relationship with my father, who was an alcoholic. I grew up looking for love, and I married someone who turned out to be very abusive. I would have a child. I would get divorced. I would be a single mother. And I would think, I don't know how to do this forever valley, it felt like. God walked me through that valley, and I married this incredible man who became a father to my daughter, and we have another child. And then 10 years in, at the age of 15, our daughter hits a place in her life that we can only title it the valley of the shadow of death. Satan did not want her alive. And it was two years of living hell in our home, fighting for her to stay with us. No parent is prepared for that. No child is prepared for that. When she graduated high school, it was by the grace of God. She did not know how to live. And here we are. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And God opened the doors for our daughter to go to a Bible school. It's not a Bible school. It's a ministry school. And I will tell you that she went to that school and for nine months still felt like a valley. She held on. And through that valley, the good shepherd met her. It wasn't all fun and games. It wasn't amazing every moment of the day while she was there. It was incredibly hard. But she came home this summer. And when she came home, she was a new person. Praise God. You don't know when you're going to go out of that valley. You don't know. I do know that it's going to take Jesus and his companionship and his goodness. But our daughter was getting ready to go back to year two at her ministry school. And I'm telling you, we had a whole new experience with our daughter this summer. Even our friends, everyone knows like, oh my gosh, that girl is alive. It was just praise God for his goodness, his mercy, his kindness. I can't even tell you. But a few nights before she's getting ready to go, she, she crawls in the bed with us, which is her favorite thing to do. She's 19, but that's okay. Um, she crawls in her bed and she's like, I want to talk to you guys. I'm like, oh good, it's 11, yeah. What do you want to say? And, and just with the most emotional truth-telling, she's like, I don't know if I've changed. I don't know that I'm any different 
I've made mistakes this summer. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I wanted to do all these things. I didn't do any of them. I just feel like a failure. And because we love our daughter, we told her the truth. We said, that is not the truth. You've done all these things that you're not seeing that you've done. And so we began to share. And she's like, yeah, but mom, I failed. I wanted to do this. And, and, and we said, listen. Dad steps in and he says, let me give you a picture. Life is like a mountain. And you have this big mountain. And we think sometimes the only way to go is just straight up the mountain. Get to that mountaintop. Get to that peak. That's where we're meant to go. And he said, but that's not the truth, Belle. We go around the mountain. And every step we take, we're going higher and higher. And we're going around and around, and we're traveling up the mountain. And sometimes there's a dip in the road, a turn we didn't see coming, and we must go into the valley to come back up. He said, but that valley is still higher than where you started. Come on. Is this not our lives? We're all on the mountain. What's so powerful is to remember that the journey is always up. We're not where we started. We're going up the mountain. And so I want you to remember that even in the valleys, we are failing forward. I love this phrase, fail forward. Remember this, when you make mistakes in a valley and you're in a hard spot, fail forward. You are still moving up the mountain. Remind, remind, remind your heart, I am still moving up this mountain. For some of us, I know that you are in the valley now. And it is so incredibly painful, feels impossible. It feels insurmountable. You do not see the way out. But I'm here today to tell you, don't run off the trail. Don't hide off in the bushes. <laughs> and don't numb yourself. On this trail, you got to face those dragons that come. Dragons represent every belief that the enemy wants to just make you think is normal and your identity and your value and your worth when you're in the darkest place of your life. You got to name those dragons and you got to keep moving forward. You are going to become a person that says, I will not quit. I will keep moving through the valley. If it's dark, I'm going to find a flashlight. I'm going to keep moving forward. I will not quit. I will learn what I need to learn in this valley. And we remember, I am failing forward, and I'm always moving up. The end of the psalm that's going to anchor us, Psalm 27, says this, because of my adversaries. Just, you could study that a whole long time. Because of the trial, because of the valley, show me your way, Lord, and lead me on a level path. Do not give me over to the will of my foes. I am certain that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and courageous and wait for the Lord. 
God has a promise to lead us through this valley. It's purposeful. But today I want to share with you, how do you prepare for a valley? Well, let me tell you, the best time to prepare for a valley is when you're not in it. <laughs> the best time to prepare for the valley when, is when you're on the mountaintop and actually everything's going great for you. You, you don't see any darkness ahead. Okay. I don't know what you're doing in that season, but sometimes we can become complacent. We could kind of like, uh, I don't need to spend time in the Word. I'm going to go off and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to invite friends over and we're just going to have a good old time. But let's remember the powerful example we have in our country of athletes. I'm sure you've all seen a Super Bowl. And you see them just killing it at the Super Bowl. Touchdown pass, winning the trophy, all the good stuff. But what you didn't see is all of the sacrifices that they had to make to be ready for game day. What they ate, how early they woke up, how hard they trained, all the weights they lifted, everything that they did. Nobody's writing a documentary about that. But all of those daily preparations and determinations of the heart led them to be ready for game day. And as Christians, all of our preparations and practice and practice and practice is leading us to be prepared for the valley. To be prepared when our friend is in the valley. It is so important that we take up this mindset of practice, practice, practice. When you are triggered and headed into the valley and you're feeling anxious beyond your wildest dreams, <laughs> practice. When you are calm and everything's going great, practice. It's all learning. And remember, Psalm 27 says this, you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You will see his goodness. So how do we do this? Four steps to move you through the valley. You don't get to go around a valley. you got to go through it. For those of us who are in the middle of a very anxious valley, like we feel it in our body and everything's feeling so familiar, step one is to pause. I've told you this before, but it's really beautiful the way God made our bodies. And when you pause and you let 90 seconds pass, the emotion runs through you. The fear will go through you if you just do nothing. Just pause. Let that emotion pass so you're not living in the valley afraid. Let the fear run through you. Step two, you're going to want to breathe when you're walking through the valley. Okay. Get your body regulated. You've got to take care of your body. Your body is meant to be calm. You're meant to be grounded. What you're doing in step two when you're breathing is you're telling your brain, I am actually fine. I'm okay. Look, I'm breathing. I'm all right. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be okay. You keep walking forward. You keep breathing. You pause and you ground yourself to the reality. I am safe and I am loved here, which is the third step. Once your body is regulated in the valley, you tell it the truth. 
And do you know you can only tell your brain the truth that lives there? If you don't believe you'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living, then that valley is going to be scary. You're going to think that valley is going to take you out. So when you are calm and your body is regulated, you must do the work to renew your mind. Take every thought you have, write it down. Is it good and true and excellent? No? I'm sure it's not working for you then. I'm sure it's causing you a lot of pain and a lot of struggle and a lot of heartache. So God says, renew your mind so that when that survival brain, which was kicked in in the valley, fight or flight, here I go, survival brain is in full mode in the valley. When you've renewed your mind and you've told yourself I'm safe, that survival brain goes to the back and the thinking brain comes online. Whatever you've put in the thinking brain will show up. That is why we do the work of renewing our mind. Finally, don't do this alone. We feel in the valley that we're alone. And that's why it's so important that we have a few friends that we can trust in community that are godly, safe, wise counsel, and we do not do this alone. We choose to do the hard thing in community and we tell the truth and we invite our community in. And when we do this, something so incredible happens. We experience something new in the middle of the same old feeling, the same old story. When we're in community, the community brings the healing. Because the community begins to tell us, no, actually, I know you failed miserably, but come on, I love you. It's okay. And our brains have a new experience that says, wow, that valley of failure, I thought it was going to take me out, but I've got these people here that are telling me I'm still loved. Whew. Now, all of a sudden, your brain has changed because love is what changes our brains. Being loved in the middle of the suffering, changes us deeply. So we have to remember that we cannot do this alone, and we must do it together. And here is where I would, I would talk for hours if I could. This is the church. This is the church. This is you and me, and this is us, because the world out there is hurting and they don't need a platitude of answers. What they need is somebody to walk with them through the valley. They don't even know Jesus yet. So get in there with the hurting people. We've got to do this. Because it's so powerful that when we suffer with each other, together, we heal our brains. And you can only replicate what you know and we need to know that we are safe and loved. You can only know that in the community with the Holy Spirit and with people. So we need both. And this is the love that changes the neurology of our brains. We change when we suffer together. When you are in a valley, the enemy is going to come at you hard and fast. And he's going to say, nobody cares. Nobody sees you. Don't listen. 
Because God, if he told us we were going to have trials, he would not leave us alone. He said he would walk with us, and he said he would give us each other, so he's certainly going to prepare us. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says this, so we rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance, endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope, it won't disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he has given us. Every valley is making you into this person, the person you will become. You will have endurance. An I will not quit attitude. You will have character. You will have proven character. I don't know about you, but when you're in a valley, do you want somebody that's like, you know, never been through anything? And Instagram life looks like, wow, I don't even know how to do all those things. No, I want somebody in my valley with me who is going to be with me because they've been through their own. We've all been through them. And the most beautiful thing is that we will have hope, a confident expectation that we are loved. You are loved. And the valley is where you learn this. I don't like that any more than you do, but it's true. When we choose to do it together, when we choose not to shut people out when we're in the valley, this is what we become. Number one, we become a person who abides in the presence of God. I know you can encounter God in the mountaintop. I know that. It's true. But we're desperate in the valley. And people don't usually satisfy. So when we walk through the valley and we do it together, there's a presence of God that we experience. And it's such a deep, intimate place. The second thing we'll learn is how to flourish out of our true heart. In community, you actually do learn that you're loved. If it's a safe, good, godly community, you learn that you are safe and you are loved. And that is what your identity needs to stem from. So apart from doing it with each other, you're left to all those old stories. The third thing will thrive with strength, courage, and resilience. Everybody needs to be told, don't quit. When we were in that two-year dark period, oh, I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit. My friends here, they, they heard me. I cannot do it anymore. But when we do it together, we get strength from each other. The fourth thing we'll have is we will discover our God-given purpose in the valley. The valleys that I walked through in my life prepared me and shaped me to be the one to walk with people through the valleys. So I learned to become the person that God wanted me to be, and he gave me a purpose through that valley. And to me right now, one of the most important things we will gain is how to live as a non-anxious present in a very chaotic world. We must learn together to come alongside people who are hurting and suffering and be calm. 
We are not people who are afraid. God is within us and we will not fail. He gives us new strength every morning. His word is an anchor to us. And the most powerful scripture I'd hope we could all memorize today is Psalm 16, 8. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Whatever your valley is, whatever you're walking through, God says, if you will know that I am with you in this, if you will set the community of God in front of you, there is so much that we can become. But there is a cost. There is a cost to becoming. And I'm going to end with this because we need to know it's worth it. Anything that costs you something is worth getting. If something's free besides our salvation. It's worth the price. And so God says that there are three, he's given us three things to spend. He's given us time. He's given us energy. And he's given us money. And so I want to just do a brief illustration for you. First of all, God gives us time. Probably the most important question I want to ask you today is how do you spend your time? Are you willing to sit at the feet of Jesus? 15 minutes isn't going to cut it. A devotional scripture every other day is not going to work. What we need is to be fully immersed in the presence of God and our minds completely renewed to his word. This takes time. Every person in this room has the same amount of time. We all have 24 hours. How you spend it is up to you. But I want you to see this illustration because it, it represents that when you wake up in the morning, you are empty. And when you're empty, you need to get filled, right? When we're with the Lord, he begins to tell us through his love, his mercies, his goodness. When we're journaling about our experience and he says, I was there. I saw you. I love you. We read the word. It calms our soul. We breathe. He's here. Our cup is full. And then we wake up, we get going after our time with the Lord, and we meet an empty person. But I'm full. You're loved. You're valued. God has a plan. I'm here with you. That's how it works. We can't give what we don't have. Jesus has everything we need for life and godliness. And he says, I am living waters. Will you meet with me? What are you doing? How are you spending your time? How's your mind? He wants to pour into you so that when you get to the valley, you are already full of refreshing water. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And then there's going to be people here in our church, in our community that are going to come up to me and you and they're going to say, do you have anything for me? Yes. 
Yes, I do. This is how we get through the valleys. I've been in the valleys. I know you've all been in valleys. But what I've learned is it is so important for parents to know how to handle the valleys of your children. Now we don't just do the valleys well for ourselves. Now we do it for our children. Because our children will have valleys. And our children need to see their parents trusting God. Oh no, I'm not shaken. God is at my right hand. I know you're in the valley of the shadow of death. I am not afraid. Your friends need you to believe this. This, this is how we can say that the valley is a gift because now I get to walk with you and I get to walk with you because I've been there and now I'm not afraid. So I just challenge us today to say, where are we spending our time? Where are we spending our energy and our money? Are we preparing ourselves to be people who will walk through the valleys with confidence? The Lord is asking you, are you willing to pay the price? It will cost you time. It will cost you energy and it will cost you money. It costs you something to sit with somebody who is suffering and not speak. Just be with them. It will cost you money to build the church so we're ready. Are you willing to become a person that is competent in the valleys? My heart is hopeful for this. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.